Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. If you got your Bibles this morning, uh, turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll be there in just a moment. I'm, I'm on the third part of a series uh, called Are You Living Life or Is Life Living You? Are You Living Life or Is Life Living You? So if you've ever had the sense that your life is upside down, upended, out of control, and you've looked around going, what is happening? What has happened for my, to my life? I had it all planned out. And now, man, I have nothing but chaos. I have nothing but disorder. So hopefully, you know, this, this series is one where we can just kind of maybe bring some balance back into our life. The Bible is not silent on some of these, you know, on some of these things. So we're looking at what the Scripture says about taking our life and bringing it back into balance and living life with joy. Living life with joy, right? It should, serving God and living our life, it should be, it should be uh, joy-filled and, and happiness. So why, 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 am I, why am I doing this series? Well, I just want to remind everyone who's a little bit down, who's a little bit hopeless, and you feel like your life is less like abundant life and more like prison life, I want you to know there's hope. All right. If you feel like I'm living out a, you know, I'm living out a sentence instead of, you know, the uh, Jeremiah that says I have plans for you. I want you to know that this doesn't have to be an outlier for the rest of your life. That God can can help you to bring balance and bring joy, you know, back back into your life. Now, some may say, shouldn't we be talking about revival? I mean, possessing the land, look at all that's going on in the news, there's war, and I agree with that, except you can't possess the land when the troops are worn out, stressed out, you know, and they're, they're not healthy. You got to get your troops healthy, you got you to get them living in balance, and then there is some capacity, you know, to, to, to possess the land and take the land, so... Jesus reminded us, and he gave us an invitation. I'm going to talk about it again at the end in, in uh, Matthew 11 when he says, Come to me, all who you are weary. He said, Are you tired? Are you tired and burdened? Are you carrying heavy loads, unsustainable heavy loads? He said, I will give you Rest. I'll give you rest. I'll talk about that a little bit later. So in previous weeks, we've discussed a few things. If you've missed a few, they're on our podcast, they're on our Facebook page, they're on our YouTube channel. You can get caught up. But just a few things like from the first week on Jesus' chaotic day, you cannot sustain your pace of life if you don't stop, eat regularly, have quiet moments, and sleep. We'll talk about some of that this morning. Exhaustion can make you irritable and not perceptive to the God opportunities in front of you. There will always be needs of other people in your life, but sometimes you have to stop and take care of yourself. 
first. Last week, we looked at Mary and Martha. We talked about unsustainable pace. We live our life at an unsustainable pace. How does that occur? Creeping over commitment and procrastination makes us have to speed up to accomplish more in our life. We talked about stress, acknowledging that stress is revealing a breaking point in you that requires a response. Sometimes you see the internal cracks that are happening or people around you see cracks and they're speaking to you, you know, so those, those, uh, we got to deal with stress. The last thing we just said, we need to change the things that we can change and give other things to God. So there are times that we pray, but then there's times that we got to go back to our life and we got to fix some things in our life first. Some of this won't be answered by prayer if we ignore, if we ignore the others. So I'm going to look at a few more, few more things this week and we'll get to first Thessalonians in in just a second. I was looking in Job uh, nine, and I there's a passage there that kind of made me chuckle. You know, he says, "My days are swifter than a runner; they fly away without a glimpse of joy." I mean, this is before the internet. This is Job. You know, he's going, "My days are swifter than a runner." You ever felt like life's just flying past you? Your days are just going past you, and then he makes this judgment. He says, "Without a glimpse of joy," because when, when your life is kind of in that mode, in that speed, and out of balance, there's no joy in your life. Man, he's living a completely different lifestyle, you know, at that, at that point. But he realizes even back then, you get to a point where life is just flying by you and you're just trying to keep up. And while you're doing that, there's just no joy in your life. There's just no joy. I mean, like, everything, everything's in the 27, 24-7 cycle now. Like news, you can catch news anytime you want. ESPN Sports Center, all around the clock. Now, we need that as a nation. I just want to say, we, we need that, okay? Uh, you know, social media, of course, is, is constant. And now they've added, they've added stories, you know. So, man, in case you've missed something that somebody posted 12 minutes ago, you can catch it right at the top of your, you know, you, the top of your feed, Okay? And this, this 24-7 cycle just kind of lends to where, man, it never ends with work and all that where you just feel tired. You feel tired. You just feel, I was going to say, you feel like you just take a nap. Not here. This is a nap-free zone, okay? That's after church. That's after church. And then, then, man, it's FOMO. You know what that is? FOMO. Fear of missing out. So I'm sitting home trying to rest. But man, I, look, look, they're at a restaurant. Look, they're playing golf. Look, look, they're, they're skiing. They're, what, what are we doing here at home? I mean, you just, it's this constant pressure of motion and this constant pressure where we feel like, you know, like we got to keep moving all the time. And we find ourselves run down. We find ourselves tired physically. Moms, God bless you. Moms, God bless you. When we get to heaven, all the mothers are going to be a little further up closer to Jesus than the rest of us. And you deserve everything you get, okay? But I just want to remind the moms, God's given you a couple of things to help you here on this earth. Number one, your husbands, okay? We always see what needs to be done around the house and we volunteer to do it. That's our gift, that's our gift, okay? And 
And God's given you essential oils, too. You can make it. You can make it. You put stuff in the diffuser, and miracles happen, okay? I feel like some moms put, like, liquid Benadryl in their diffuser. If you just go to their house and you feel sleepy, you'll kind of know what's, you know, kind of know what's happening. And then, and then, you know, we've been in this pandemic for a couple years, and we know the ravages that it can take on the body. But we are just now learning the long-term impact that it has taken on our mind and our hearts and emotion. All right? 1 Thessalonians 5, he, Paul uses a phrase here that, that caught my attention that I want to speak about <clears throat> today. It said, may God, it's verse 23 and 24, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Okay, so in this passage, there's a couple little promises there, but in the middle of it is something that's got my attention. He mentions the three parts of human creation, okay? Spirit, soul, and body, okay? It's the only time Paul uses this phrase, but he is clearly making a distinction between the three because there is a connection between body, soul, and spirit. They are not disconnected from each other, three separate entities. They are interconnected and interrelated to each other. So he says, the God of peace, okay, the God of peace. He's going to bless you. He's going to sanctify you, body, so, through and through, thoroughly, all the way through. There's a blessing of God, and this blessing of God on body, soul, and spirit will last, his promise is, until the end of time, till he comes, okay? Faithfully, Faithfully, he's called you, he's going to do it at the end. So there's this, he mentions this, and it just kind of, it just kind of caught my attention there. So I want to look this morning, I want to start with the body first. And then we'll come to soul and spirit in just a minute. So the body, and let's just talk about rest. Let's just talk about rest. Like, <clears throat> we don't always rest well. We don't rest well. And we don't appreciate sometimes the role that sleep and rest play in our lives and in our spiritual lives, okay? Now, long time ago, long time ago, all right, <clears throat> well, you know, we, we went to bed earlier. You, you got any relatives, man, they were, they were early. Be Becky's dad, he's in bed at 6.30, like asleep, full pajamas, he's asleep, Okay. That just sounds great, doesn't it? Just sounds great. That's, that's just him. People, people went to bed earlier. They got up earlier. Okay, all right. Um, and that changed with electricity and clocks. Okay, now, now we can manipulate instead of doing the the order of the sun. Okay, now we can kind of manipulate that just a little bit. So, back in those times, people slept ten to eleven hours a day. Okay, ten to eleven hours. Do you know how many hours we sleep today? Got any idea? Six to seven hours a day. Six to seven hours a day. 
okay? We don't always appreciate the role that rest has body, soul, and spirit. So I went for my annual physical last year. I did do that every year. I think it's good stewardship. And so the doctor, the very first thing he says is, how are you sleeping and how much are you sleeping? I'm like, really? Really? I mean, we're sitting there in masks. Is before vaccines. He's got the shield. He's got the hazmat suit on. And I'm like, really? That's your first question to me is how are you sleeping and how, and how much are, are you sleeping? You know, like, really? Really? Because that's important to him. Because we don't always prioritize or understand the role of rest and sleep when it comes to emotional and spiritual health. And he said, look, I want you to do this. What time do you want to go to bed? What time do you want to go to sleep? And I'm like, I have, you know, like, I have. I don't have a bedtime, Mom, you know. He said, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to bed, you know, maybe like 20 minutes before you want to go to sleep and just relax first, get your body to wind down, and, you know, and, and then you, you can sleep better. I'm just like, did my mother write these notes out for you? I mean, did I pay for this? But let me just say, medical professionals understand the connection between rest and sleep way more than we do. We, we're about productivity. We're about enjoyment. We are about grinding ourselves to the point of exhaustion, which is not what God intended for us at all. So rest and sleep are not only to restore the body, but also to restore us mentally and emotionally. When we rest, we power everything down, okay? Your mind, it it shuts down. Can you imagine what you would be like emotionally, man, if your mind was on all the time, okay? You, you know what that would be like, okay? All right? So if you, if you don't get enough sleep, your body won't reset physically. Your mind and your emotions won't reset if you don't get if you don't get enough rest. How many of you wake up in the morning and you're tired when you wake up? Yeah. I mean, you feel emotionally exhausted because we haven't slept enough. We haven't powered down enough. And when we do that, we are borrowing, you know, for today from tomorrow's emotional reserves. And eventually, it catches back up with us. It catches up with us. We use the term sometimes, hey, sleep on it. Because there's this belief that if you shut your mind and your heart down, when you wake up in the morning, there's a different mental disposition because you've had a chance, you've had a chance to rest. Okay? So, so in 1 Kings, 1 Kings, uh, there's the story, I think it's 19... It's the story of Jezebel and Ahab. They put a death sentence on Elijah because he was a prophet. So when Elijah hears this death sentence, it says he runs for an entire day into the wilderness. He runs, okay, exhausted all day. I mean, he's got a death sentence on him. People are looking for him. The soldiers are looking for him. People are, you know, there's a warrant out for his arrest. So he runs as far as he can until he gets in the wilderness and he just passes out. He just sleeps. He's so, he's so tired, okay? 
Now, the story says that the angel wakes him up. Okay, the angel wakes him up. Says, Elijah, get up. Hey, I want you to eat and drink. Here's some bread and here's some water. Okay, so he wakes him up. Here's some bread. Here's some water. Okay, Elijah eats. He drinks, and then he goes back to sleep again, very tired. Not, not only just the physical part of that, but can you imagine the fear, the anxiety when you are running, when you have a death sentence and you are hiding every time, you know, you hear a stick break, you know, you're afraid that's someone else. So he goes back to sleep, the angel wakes him up again and says, hey, I want, I want you to eat, okay? So... He's under great stress. He's got great anxiety. He's got great fear. But the word from the angel that was sent from God was get up and eat. So the angel did not reprimand him for sleeping. Okay? We're going to have revival here this morning. I'm just telling you. All right? The, the angel did not reprimand him for sleeping because rest and sleep are part of God's cycle of restoration, okay? The angel did not tell him to get up and pray, right? When you're fearful, shouldn't you pray? Shouldn't you be rebuking? Shouldn't you be casting down? Shouldn't you be reading the Bible? Shouldn't you be doing spiritual, spiritual things? He told him to, he didn't tell him to get up and pray. The angel woke him to eat and drink, and he did it twice okay he did it twice listen to me it doesn't sound very spiritual does it doesn't sound doesn't sound very spiritual but the angels let him sleep told him to eat and then he told him to hydrate it's important that you that you drink so I want to tell you you know like sometimes some of the most spiritual things that you can do depending on what, where you are in your life is to rest to take a nap Go eat a good meal and hydrate, okay? So, if that's you, what's your favorite restaurant? Go, go, call me. I'll come with you. I'm a pastor. That's what I do. We'll pray. You can pay for it, however you want to do that. All right? But, listen, he didn't tell him to do the things that we normally think we need to do in times of, of stress. He let him sleep. And then he, then he told him to eat and hydrate because, listen, you can't help others and you can't do anything great for God when your life is falling apart physically. When your body is, you know, you're not, you're not healthy. You are very limited as to what you can do. So the first thing the angel said was, hey, let, it, let him sleep. Now get up, get up and eat because rest is important and health and balance are key to are you living life or is life living you listen to me it's important that we that we have this imbalance because in our life there are certain battles that we have to fight that cannot be ignored that take great emotional energy and when we are worn out and frazzled we will wave the white flag and surrender and not not fight as we need to fight all right let me say this rest and sleep is not a sign of laziness 
unless you're a teenager. Let me just say that, okay? Then, okay. All right? Listen, some people can't do it because it's the way they were raised. You shouldn't rest. You've got to be doing something. You've got to be doing something all the time. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're just, it's lazy, okay? Listen, taking a break and, and catching your breath is not, you know, is not, is not lazy. If you rest, it's not exposing some flaw, some flaw in you, all right? It shouldn't be an afterthought, you know, like, I'm going to, I'm not going to rest until I get everything done, then I'll rest. No, that's not understanding the cycle that, that, that God, you know, that God has given us. I'm going to rest when there's, when there's nothing else to do. When my task list is finished, you'll never rest, and that's what happens. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to help some of you. Some of you, that's the way you were raised. If you take, a, take an hour off, if you rest, if you take a nap, if you want to sit on the porch and, and drink a coffee, then somehow there's some kind of laziness in you. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's just part of God's restorative. That's just part of God's restorative order, okay? There's a natural God-given rhythm to our life, and sleep and rest are part of it. It's part of the the rhythm that God has given us, that's the way that he made us. I want to talk about something else concerning the body and rest, and that is the Sabbath. That's the Sabbath, all right? God created the world, Genesis chapter 2, and he said he rested from his work. Verse 3, it said, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, Then he rested from all of his work of creating all that he had done. So listen, at creation he rested. Now, God God is not one that would be tired, you know, because you're spiritual being, so it's not really the, you know, it's not really the same, you know, it's not really the same thing. But sometimes you have to stop what you're doing to enjoy so you can enjoy what you have. You gotta stop what you're doing to enjoy what what you have. So, so before, before the Ten Commandments came out, people were working seven days a week. Okay? Like, they were farmers. They were poor. They had a little cattle. Didn't have a lot of money. So every day, every day was work. Every day was work. Now, part of that was if you just had a little food and, I mean, you weren't sure what your next meal Come, would come from it's it's part of you know like hey I, I gotta I gotta be I gotta be working so man seven days a week they didn't have like like today we have kind of a mental Sabbath on our calendar you know it's just kind of the way society is <clears throat> but it wasn't that you worked every day you worked every day then Exodus 20 comes up Moses said hey I'm gonna give them 10 I'm gonna give them 10 Ten Commandments here, all right? And so what is unusual about this is he tells us, you know, we shouldn't murder, we shouldn't kill, we shouldn't curse, we shouldn't lie, we shouldn't commit adultery. He's laying down these things that we shouldn't do. And then he says, here's something that I want you to do, okay? So in the midst of all these, you know, these prohibitive, you know, commandments, he puts something here that... That seems out of balance. I want to read it. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. 
But on the seventh day, <clears throat> it's a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it, you should not work. Neither should you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your foreigner residing in towns. For in six days, he references Genesis 2 again. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's within them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. It's a holy day. The Sabbath is a holy day. All right. Now, some things about the Sabbath and rest that I, that I want you to see. The Sabbath is intentionally disruptive to our weekly routine. The Sabbath is completely disruptive to our weekly routine. So to the pre-commandment families to hear this, I'm sure that they were in panic, okay? I'm sure that they were in panic, but God is just saying, hey, I'm giving you a day off. I'm giving you a day off. So Sabbath means to stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop the cycle of constant work. Stop the cycle of stress. Stop the cycle of mental exhaustion and physical fatigue. Stop it. That's what Sabbath means, stop. Stop what you're doing. You know what he said? Take a day off on me. Stop. Don't worry about everything. It's a holy day. I blessed it. Don't worry about missing anything. I'm going to take care of that. When you honor, it's a, it's, a, it's a holy day. And I want to tell you something. Supernatural things can happen on holy days if we'll give them a chance. Okay? So he said stop. All right? So the, the Sabbath is intentionally disruptive to our routine. The Sabbath is a gift from your creator. It's a gift. And you can tell a lot about someone's character by the gifts they give, all right? You know when you exchange presents at Christmas and you get the aunt that's always cheap, you know, pulls your name? You can always tell uh, about, about, about people based on their, on their gifts. So here's his gift. Hey, take the day off. Enjoy your life. Enjoy. Take, take a few moments. The Sabbath is for rest and renewal, okay? The Sabbath is for rest and renewal. The Sabbath is to worship and pray. We'll talk about that in just a minute. The Sabbath is for rest and renewal, to worship and pray. The Sabbath is not a sad day. Oh, man, we can't do anything. Oh, man, just... We, you know, it, it's not that. It's a day of joy. So, eat a good meal. Eat a good meal. And let me just remind you of something too. Any calories consumed on the Sabbath just float into heaven. They don't even count. They don't even count. Eat something restorative to you. And let me say this to you, just as your pastor. Every meal on the Sabbath needs to be concluded with either a milkshake or a donut. I just want to say that. I promise you, you will feel much better. I promise you, you will. All right? So the Sabbath is about rest and restoration. It's about worship and prayer. It's about eating a good meal. It's about taking a nap. Anybody do a Sunday afternoon nap? You don't even have to plan it. 
Somewhere around 2.30, your body's just shutting down. It's a God thing, okay? Jesus comes at 2.30 on a Sunday. I know where everybody's going to be, all right? Take a nap, rest, or take a nap or two. It's, it's not a sad day. It's a fun day. So take time with your family, okay? It's disruptive to our routine. Enjoy some of your friends if you want to do that. Play some games if you want to do that. Take a walk. Take a, get out into nature. Take a drive. Enjoy yourself. Have people over. Go to their, go to their house. This is, this is how we restore. You know, this is how we, you know, uh, are, are replenished. And I, I want to say, too, how about a digital Sabbath as well? How about a digital Sabbath, you know? Have you ever gotten like one email or text and you just felt your blood pressure change? All right. How about, how about just putting that up because sometimes it controls our thinking. We're trying to power down, but this is trying to keep us engaged, okay? So maybe a, a digital Sabbath. And I want to remind you too, don't just remember the Sabbath day, but participate in it. I know the verse said, remember the Sabbath day, but I don't want some of you thinking, okay, it's the Sabbath. We're just going to do what we want. All right, don't just remember it. Participate in it. Fight for your Sabbath. There is a purpose behind it, and our culture does not appreciate it. Our culture does not appreciate or consider it a holy day at all. Listen, the Sabbath day is not your second Saturday. Didn't get one amen on that and didn't think I would get one on that. All right? It's not your second Saturday. It's a holy day. It's disruptive. It's God's gift to you and your family. And when we ignore the Sabbath, we not only miss the rest and that, that, that's supposed to come from that day, but we lose a day to open our souls to God. Part of the Sabbath is meeting, is meeting with God, all right? You work on Sunday, that's okay. I mean, that just happens. Some jobs, it's on that cycle. So if you're working on Sunday, at some point, you need to find another day, and that's your Sabbath. You need to treat it as a holy day. Sleep in. You need to get up. We've got these services on, you know, YouTube, whatever. You need to treat it like a holy day. Put it on your screen. Put it on your phone. When we worship on video, you worship on video. When we pray, you pray. You take notes because that's, that's part of that day. So if you work on Sunday, I don't throw a stone at you, but I just say sometimes those that work on Sunday cheat themselves on the Sabbath. You need to find your day, your day of the Sabbath. And I want to say this. People, people have a different viewpoint when it comes to tithes and the Sabbath. There are many people, when they tithe, they go, hey, that 10% is to the Lord. All right, so I'm going to give that to the Lord. But we believe that God can bless the other 90%, you know, and, and stretch it and, and meet the need. Okay, so I'm just saying to you, when it comes to your week, one day's the Lord's day. One day's the Sabbath day. Okay, that's a, a day unto the Lord. Okay, but if you honor that day, God will bless the other parts. God will, bless the, God will bless the other day. Don't feel like you have to work on Sunday. You know, 
God, God can bless that. So some people understand, you know, the, the, the tithe, they're more faithful in the tithe than they are of the Sabbath. The Sabbath means to stop, but I want to tell you, he's not trying to force you, you know. It's a gift. It's a gift. You can rest the mind and the body, and that you can laugh, and that you can spend time with your family. It's a gift from our creator, okay? So the first part of that passage, he talked about the body. The second, he talked about the spirit and the soul, okay? Now, I want to just talk on this a couple minutes, so... How about solitude? How about solitude? Quiet moments alone, okay? And some of you go, what's that? What, what, what's that? Now, I'm not talking about being a loner or social recluse. I'm talking about people who are fully engaged in relationships and healthy relationships, but they realize the value of quiet time and alone time. And it's not just being alone necessarily, but it's to hear the voice of God better. Solitude, quiet. Robert Foster calls God's voice the divine whisper. The divine whisper. I kind of agree with that. And there are times that you just need to be quiet. You just need a few quiet moments and let, you know, let the, the chaos of your life just slow down just a moment so that you can hear that divine whisper. Now listen, Jesus put a value on quiet time, okay? Mark 6, you remember that a few weeks ago? Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. The term quiet's always intrigued me. Jesus said, follow me in this practice, Follow me in this practice. Come with me to a quiet, a quiet place. He also said, when you pray, go to your closet of prayer. Why do you think that's important? Why did he mention kind of a, a room by, by yourself, okay? Go, go to your prayer closet. It's individual because there is solitude there. There is quiet moments that... That, that you can hear God's voice in Jesus not only taught it, but he practiced it. He went to the wilderness for 40 days. He spent an entire night praying by himself before he chose the disciples. He would get up early. He would pray late, all right? There were times that he just got, he just got away. And I want to say to you, it doesn't have to be hours. It doesn't have to be hours, but you do need to commit some time to it. I don't know, I don't know if you've ever done this. I'm gonna have my, I'm gonna have my time with the Lord. And you sit down and man, your mind is flying. You, you cannot slow down. And I wanna tell you, solitude is not reached until the mind and the heart slows down that we can hear that divine whisper. That's why we need a few minutes. That's why we need a few Minutes, two or three minutes, you're not going to reach the quiet moment, the restorative moment that that solitude always brings. So find a quiet place, slow down, take a deep breath, okay? Doesn't sound very spiritual, but I'm just telling you, when you calm your heart and calm your mind, you will find that you will find that your prayer life, there's a different fruit that comes to your prayer life. Now listen to me. You don't always need worship music or a playlist in the background. 
okay? All right? I, I use it. I use it. Not a problem. I'm just saying you don't always need that because I'm trying to slow down and I'm listening to a song that says, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's the opposite. I'm trying to, I'm trying to calm down. So I'm, I'm just saying to you, sometimes we don't need that. Sometimes we just need to be quiet in the Lord's presence. And if there's a song of worship, you just sing it. You don't need Maverick City, okay? You just be quiet. It's not, not a problem if you do. I, I do both. But there are some times that I just go, <sighs> get the blood pressure down, get the respiration down, get the heart rate down. Hopefully, my task list begins to fade, and I can focus on those, on those, on those God moments. So I just I want to say it's not a problem if you do, but there, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it all the time. We need solitude. We need solitude. We need quiet moments alone with God. When we feel distant from God, we need solitude. When we've... When, when it's been so long, you know, we just feel separated from, from God. When we, it's, our devotions have been few and far between. We just need solitude sitting in God's presence. When we have anxiety that never goes away, your mind is always processing something that has to do with a problem in your life. You need solitude. You need quiet moments in God's presence. When we feel the need to escape, we need solitude. We need solitude. And you're just like, I want to get my keys and just drive. But you know how we deal with that? It's a unique phenomenon now. It's called binge watching. We want to escape. So we feel like eight hours of Netflix watching a murder mystery will bring calmness to my heart. Okay, now listen to me. Listen to me. Binge watching is fine if you want to do that, but it's not restorative to the soul. Solitude, sometimes we don't need to be binge watching. Sometimes we just need to be sitting quiet, quiet in God's presence and let tears flow and let worship, <coughs> worship come up. We need solitude when we feel the need to escape. We need solitude when we feel restless and disillusioned. Not sure what to do. Things aren't working out like I had planned. Sometimes we just, we just need some solitude. When we feel empty and we feel burned out, okay, we need solitude. If you feel like the well is run dry and you've got nothing left to give, your, your fire and your passion that you once had for life, your family, for God, it's all gone. You need some quiet moments in God's, in God's presence. Thank you, Lord. And when we pray, when we pray, so we're not just sitting quietly, which that's important, just being quiet in God's presence. There's a restorative benefit to that. But then there's also the prayer part of that as well. So at the end of the long day, Jesus went to pray. If anybody didn't need to pray, it would be Jesus. But at the end of a long day in Matthew 6, he prayed because he had to. He prayed 
because he was depleted in his heart. He prayed because he had given out and given out. He prayed after that long day because he was not prepared for what was, what was around the corner. <laughs> like, we don't think about tomorrow. We are putting down the gas and expending everything today and, and, and prayer, you know, prayer gives us spiritual reserves for the next day. His body is tired and his spirit is empty and Jesus found time to pray because prayer, listen, I'm going to give you some restorative benefits. I talked it for a moment this last week. Prayer can replenish the soul, okay? Sometimes we see our devotions as a burden. Oh, my God, I have not. I'm awful. Let me go have my devotions, okay? No, and sometimes we see it as a burden, but there's a restorative peace and calm that the Lord wants to give. Prayer can replenish my soul. After I've given out, I've given out, I've given out. Prayer is the time that God restores my soul when I'm weak. God can give me strength. He can give me endurance. He can give me patience. Prayer can relieve my stress when I feel like my blood pressure's up and I'm, I'm a little irritable when I sit in God's presence. Just for a few moments, it can just remind me that God's in control in the midst of my life chaos. It can just relieve my stress. With prayer, I can cast my cares on Jesus and find peace. He said to do that. In all things, you said when you feel anxious and you pray, when you feel anxious to pray, and he said the God of peace will give you peace that passes all understanding. So he said come do that because listen, he cares and he listens. When, with prayer, I can find direction for my problems. Sometimes our, some of our issues, we're not sure what to do on certain things, you know, and if we'll just be quiet, you never know, there might be an answer that might come for you in a, in a quiet, you know, in a quiet moment that can help kind of bring some life back into balance. And with prayer, I can encounter God's life-giving presence, okay? Sometimes just knowing that God has heard my prayer, just, sometimes just sensing God's presence, you know, just, man, it can just infuse me and just rejuvenate me. Now listen to me. Brent, worship team, you can come because, you know, because, man, there, there's a restorative value to solitude and being quiet. There's a restorative value to prayer. So just closing, a couple of things. Honor the natural life rhythm given to you by your creator. It's important. Sometimes we're living life out of balance. We work eight hours. We sleep eight hours, and then we have eight more hours for family responsibilities and homework and our personal devos and those kind of things. So honor that natural life rhythm given by the Creator and also with the Sabbath, okay? Don't just remember it, but practice it. And then regularly, find time alone with God and pray, okay? That shouldn't be a burden. Shouldn't be a burden. I want to remind you of the restorative quality of prayer. Okay? Just listening, just letting God, just letting God speak to me. I love Psalms 47, I mean 46. I love it. To this generation, be still 
and know that I'm God. Be still. Shh, don't move. Don't pray. Don't bring a petition. Shh. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just, just be quiet. He just says, just hush. And be quiet. And just allow God's healing presence in your life. Be still. And know that I'm God. We feel like we got to do something all the time. He's like, don't move. I got this. I got this. Just know that I'm God. I know every part of your life. I'm your creator. I know every part of your life. Be still, just hush, be silent, and just be mindful that I am the God, the creator of the ends of the universe. And if I can create this earth in all of its glory, I promise you I can handle the small details of your life. Just be still. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Come unto me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Look at this. Take my yoke, my teachings upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and is my, my burden is light. Listen, keep that passage up for just a second, because there's something supernatural that will happen. He's just saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I'm going to give you a rest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak some peace to your heart when you're all in turmoil and you're all upset. Come to me if you're weary and you're tired. If you're burdened, you've got all kinds of responsibilities. There's something spiritual that I want to do. I want to give you rest. Not just eight hours sleep, but man, I want to give you rest for your, for your soul. And I want to tell you something. Man, when you're kind of in this funk, man, you, you, can feel, you can feel God again. Some of you spiritually, you've just been dead. You're just like a, a robot. You just produce all the time. But in your heart, there's just been spiritual death. And he says, there's a rest that I can give you that can bring your heart alive again, that you can feel me again, that you can sense me again, that you can feel your own emotions and your own heart and that you'll see needs of other people again. You'll start caring again. All of those things will start coming alive because some of you aren't there. You're cold and robotic in what you do and you're exhausted and you feel like your life is a sentence rather than joyful. There's no abundant life. There's no smile. When the alarm goes off in the morning, there is a knot in your stomach, and it's just the burden of responsibility. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May the God of peace, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Here's his promise. Sanctify you, the God of peace. The God of peace. Sanctify you through and through. Bless you thoroughly in these three parts. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of the Lord. The one who calls you is faithful and he's going to do it. This promise is in 
perpetuity here until the Lord comes that he'll bless your body, your mind, and your spirit. So, thank you, Lord. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Let me tell you something. I just feel, I just felt this heaviness today. Some of you are wonderful people, wonderful people. I mean, you are burdened with the cares of life. And the Lord is just like, I don't want you to live that way. I don't want you to live that way. I don't want you to live that way. Would you bow your heads with me? Just want to pray for just a moment. Some of you may be going through great stress. You're not sleeping well. Your physical life, your, your body is responding to the pressures and the stress that you have. Maybe you've ignored the signs of your own exhaustion. Maybe some of you just need a physical healing in your life. You feel frazzled and out of control. You go, hey, with my life, there's just something that's not right. I got priorities out of balance. It's not my intention to ignore my spiritual life, but I feel like that is what is happening. I feel like in my spiritual life, I'm always struggling. I feel like in some ways I'm just away from God. Hey, I just want to pray over you this morning. If that's you, if I mention anything, would you just real quick, just raise your hand up and down and say, Pastor, would you just pray for me this morning? Would you just pray for me this morning? Thank you. I see your hands there. Got some things out of balance. Stressed. Don't sleep. My health is not good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You Put your hands down. You Put your hands down. Thank you, Lord. 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 Worship team, I want you to come. We're going to do a song for a moment. Then I just want to pray. I want to pray at the end. If you just kind of feel that. Let me just tell you, I just felt this heaviness this morning. God's trying to get some of your attention, you know. Cracks happen before collapse. All right? So I just want to do a prayer. Just as quiet as we can be for just a moment. Because there's a restorative quality to solitude. But I really want you, I really want you to press in. I want you to open your heart up. I want you to pray, but we're just going to be quiet. We're just going to let the soul-restoring presence of God touch. And he reminds us, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Just let him minister to you call out to the Lord and go, hey, Lord, I'm, the, I'm that person. Be still. Be still. And know that I'm God. Oh, Jesus. That restorative healing touch. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come unto me, you who are weary and you're tired and you're burdened with heavy responsibilities. And I'll give you rest. It's a supernatural rest. It's a God thing. Deeper than a nap or a good night's sleep.
it's a spiritual rest accompanied with the peace of God. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's his promise. There's some soul restoration this morning. Soul restoration. Leading beside the still waters and restoring your soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I want to pray this morning. I just want to pray over you. Lord, I pray for those who feel under great stress and they're under great load. I pray over them this morning, Lord. I pray for strength, but I also pray for wisdom to reorder certain parts of their life. I pray for courage to reorder in places that they should do that, Lord. I pray for those that aren't sleeping well. God, I pray for rest. I pray for rest. God, that's part of the life restoration cycle that you've given. Lord, I pray. I pray for rest. I pray for those whose physical life, their health, they're having health issues because their life is out of balance. Lord, I pray over them today. Lord, I pray that you'll touch their body, Lord. I pray for those that are are having signs of exhaustion. God, I pray over them today. There's something restorative that you want to do in their heart. I pray for those that need a physical healing. If that's you right now, I want to pray over you. Lord, whatever reason, Lord, I pray. I pray for healing this morning. Healing of the body, healing of the heart, healing of the mind. Lord, I pray. I pray a healing prayer this morning for those that have a need in their body. I pray over them. Lord, I pray for those today whose priorities are out of balance. I pray for those today their spiritual life. They always feel like they're struggling, always behind. I pray soul restoration to them. I pray for those who just feel like they're away from God this morning. Lord, I pray. I pray. God, do that work. Holy Spirit, do that work today. Do that work today. Lord, I pray. Just another moment. God, I pray, Spirit of the living God, I pray over this body. I pray over this body, God, that you would bring good health, emotional health, mental health, every part. Lord, we're not slothful. Lord, there are things that we want to do for you. There are things that we want to do in our life. But I pray for balance. I pray for health. I pray for rest. God, I pray. I pray over this congregation today. I pray over this congregation living our life in balance and with joy. In balance and with joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.